Hey everyone, welcome to the Voices in Japan podcast with your hosts Ben and Burke. On today's show, we talk about some fun and amusing facts about Japan that you may or may have never heard of. So, we found this list of 40 fun facts about Japan and the Japanese from spendlifetraveling.com, which I've also linked in the description. And we chose ones that we thought would be interesting to chat about. We talk about the suicide forest, the number of people over 100 years old, Ronald McDonald's name in Japan, hint, it's not Ronald, and some other ones. All right, enjoy the show. Yeah, these are fun facts from this website. The article on the website was re- very recent, February of 2020. So just last month. Spendlifetraveling.com.、Mm. It's、uh, from that website. Yeah, unfortunately, he didn't、uh, put citations for all of his facts, but、uh, looking through the list, it was, seemed like it's pretty accurate. And they got some very interesting ones, ones that I've never heard of. That are quite,、uh, quite amusing. Yeah, and also、uh, just kind of puts, I've put some on my, I've taken note of some that、uh, do know some things about and some that were,、uh, yeah, new for me as well.、Uh, can I start? Or yes, do you want to start? Yes, please. I'll just throw、back. one out from near the top of his list.、Uh, he was talking about the suicide forest in Japan.、Uh, this is something that's obviously pretty famous and pop- popular the Aoki Gahara Forest. Uh, is a suicide forest. It's down near、uh, Mount Fuji. There's a lot of、uh, YouTube videos that people put up about this place. And、uh, yeah, this is a place where people unfortunately go to commit suicide. And、uh, there's actually been some documentaries on YouTube about people going into the forest and trying to talking people out of committing suicide.、Mm. But, anyways, but I've driven past this、uh, forest, I've never gone in. But it says that it's obviously haunted.、Uh, people talk about it being haunted. They talk about if you go in, you can't find your way out,、uh, which is strange because if you are lost in the forest, why don't you just climb a tree and you can see where Mount Fuji is? So you kind of know, like, and get your orientation. They, they say, like, the forest, so much of it looks the same. It's very easy to lose your orientation. And that's why people can get lost in there and they can't find their way out. That's I think that's generally true for all forests, isn't it? Like, there's yeah, trees everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. It is a, it's an interesting forest because it's kind of like produced、uh, by the volcano, I think. So, like, the floor is very、uh, bumpy, rough. Like, there's a lot of small mounds and everything.、Um, but yeah, it's always like, why don't you just climb a tree, see where Mount Fuji is, and you kind of remember your way. But a lot of people will go in there with like string, pull string as they walk through there so they can find their way out. But, anyways, but, but why, why would people go in there? Unless they want to kill themselves. I think just part of the mystique or the, the、uh, urban legend or whatever about the forest probably draws people in to be unique. I don't know if it's like popular for hiking or not. So、um, you've, you've said you've driven past it, but you haven't been in it. Yeah, for like、uh, one of the、uh, board meetings at my last company、uh, was held in that area, and we we're kind of driving from one location to the other. And as we were driving through, one of the,、uh, my coworkers mentioned that there was a popular forest and stuff, but.、Uh, Definitely a, 
mysterious looking forest and yeah very unique and uh yeah would you cool. would you go in um uh, yeah knowing that a lot of people believe that it's haunted yeah i mean i, I wouldn't worry i wouldn't go in there at night but the problem is is like i think if you go in there there is because people actually do commit suicide there so there is a slight possibility of seeing something that you don't want to see right in that yeah. sense so. I, I don't think i would go just because of have that risk like if you do see someone trying to commit suicide or having commit suicide like what, what do you do you know obviously you're gonna call for help and uh call the emergency services but why put yourself in that position if um because it's probably quite likely that that could happen and it being haunted i don't know i'm not i'm yeah i'm not too sure if i kind of believe in ghosts so much you know we did one episode a while back about how a lot of uh, japanese people do believe in life after death and um, ghosts so i think a lot of japanese people would probably avoid going to that place because of the the hauntedness yeah like a, a the you know there's the that it's scary but also be like they don't want to offend uh spirits and spirits can follow you home and stuff this one is about animation so animated japanese films and television shows account for 60 percent of the world's animation-based entertainment so basically Animation is so successful in Japan that there are almost 130 voice acting schools in the country. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I, I didn't know. I mean, obviously, it's pretty famous that uh, our anime is obviously very big and famous around the world. But uh, I was surprised to see that there was that many voice acting schools in Japan. Mm, but also, yeah, accounting for 60% of the world's animation-based entertainment is in Japan. Wow, which is pretty insane, and and yeah, and it's it's kind of true. Like um, like on Netflix, they have a, a ranking now. You know, like a a Japan top ten of what's being viewed, and always in that top ten, the first one is usually an anime series or movie, and half, at least half of the top ten, is something to do with anime. It's like an animated film or documentary, and it's always Japanese which is kind of surprising for me. So I'm assuming like a lot of the viewers being adults or children, uh, yeah, they just really like watching anime. There's not many Western kind of movies on there or Western drama series, which I, I would assume would be, but I guess, you know, it is Japanese viewers. Yeah, I used to love anime, uh, Jap you know, Japanese anime when I was younger. Uh, there was a few of the famous ones that I watched as a kid, and it was just always so, like, you know, you get just so hooked on it or interested by it. I haven't watched it as I've grown up, but I'm kind of thinking about watching it because I, I started watching, like, one of the previews on Netflix the other day. I can't remember which story, but it kind of, like, took me back a little bit to, like, my childhood to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was quite into anime, too, when I was uh, when I was a kid. But I was into, like, the kind of classics, like uh, Akira. Ghost, that in one? The Ghost in the Shell, yeah. Ninja Scroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably I'll say. But uh, but those are the only ones that seem to be like world famous, like internationally famous, um, like Ghibli ones, you know, um, Spirited Away stuff like that. But in Japan, they have all these. They have like hundreds and thousands of these ones that most people outside of Japan have never heard of and would probably never watch. Yeah, speaking of anime, it reminded me, uh, you know, they're obviously Japanese video games are very popular as, popular as well. 
And uh, there's, I was just watching it work the other day uh, during break with this guy. Did you know the character Miku? I don't know if you know, probably not, because... Oh, isn't Hatsune Miku? Maybe, yeah. Uh, the, the singer, yeah. Vo- Vocaloid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were watching that. I didn't know, like, she's uh, becomes very popular every year in Sapporo because of the snow festival. They, like, do it. I mean, she's, like, one of the promoters for the snow festival. Yeah. And, like, the subway stations and everything. And, uh, yeah, but he was showing me the uh, concert of her performing. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's just a stadium of people, like, holding glow sticks. And it was just her hologram, like, up on the stage dancing. Like a, gi- a giant hologram? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, like, yeah, it was just the whole concert of her performing, basically. And I was like, man. This is so Japanese, you know, but I, I didn't realize that that was going on. So he, he was a fan? No, he wasn't a fan, but he, he was a fan of the game. I guess there's some game uh, okay. that a lot of people play, but uh, so he, he knew the game well, but he said he'd never <laughs> been to the concert before. <laughs> Hatsune Miku game, yeah. like on the, on the phone or something. Yeah. yeah. So uh, animation. Uh, yeah, he said it was like a rhythm game, kind of like Guitar Hero or something, right, so it was right. pretty popular, but... Yeah, so animation is a is a big one. Yeah, sixty percent of the world's animation is uh, in Japan. Yeah, next one I wanted to get to on this list is about McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it says that uh, Ronald, Mc- Ronald McDonald is called Donald McDonald in Japan due to a lack of a clear R sound in Japanese. So they can't say Ronald, I guess, is the point. And uh, when we were reading this list, we were like, I don't know if all these are true, because, uh, again, there weren't citations. And this was one that we were like, man, this can't be true. And uh, you suggested that I go ask my <laughs> my wife. And uh, so I asked her, I said, you know, the character from McDonald's, there's kind of this clown. And I was asking her in Japanese. And uh, it's kind of, yeah, she was like, who? And I was like, you know, from McDonald's, you're the character. And she was like, Donald? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect answer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's true. There is no Ronald McDonald's. There is Donald McDonald. Oh, by the way, honey, we are laughing with you. We are not laughing at you if you listen to this. Uh, yeah, so apparently it is Donald McDonald. Donald McDonald. <laughs> That kind of has a pretty good ring to it, but almost better than Ronald McDonald, just because it's got two Ds. I guess. I don't know, man. I think you kind of got to give a little bit more creativity to it than just <laughs> Donald McDonald again. But uh, but they, the Japanese also don't say McDonald's. They say McDonaldo. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's why we didn't really know about this until this point. Yeah, because you never really hear people talking about Donald the Clown. <laughs> uh, yeah, people just say Maku. They talk about McDonald's just saying Mac, shortening it and stuff. But is McDonald's really that hard to say? I guess it probably quite is for Japanese people. McDonald's. McDonald's. I guess so. But yeah, just a quick one I wanted to touch on because I, I, you know, been here 17 years and I had no idea that Ronald McDonald does not exist as the evil twin brother. Donald McDonald's here. <laughs> so, but go home, yeah, uh, ask people. We'll do a survey, see how many people actually call it Donald McDonald. But, yeah. All right, so I got one. Um, this one is not too surprising, but 21% of the Japanese population is elderly, the highest population in the world. So Japan has more than 50,000 people who are over 100 years old. Wow, 50,000 people. I mean, obviously, Damn, I knew it was a very uh, elderly population. We've talked about this uh, many times, but 50,000 people. Yeah, oh, that's a huge chance. number, over wow. 100 years old. Do you know anyone that's over 100 years old in Japan? 
I don't, but I know uh, a few people in their 90s. It's yeah, getting close. Like family members or within my own family or, or my wife's family. So, yeah. Do you think they're going to reach 100? Yeah, they're know? like super ganky. So I wouldn't, unless something unfortunate happens, yeah, they could definitely make it into their hundreds and beyond. So Man, I can't even imagine living to 100. But I guess like by the time we get to that, around that age, the the oldest stage will probably be like 120, 130, just because of medical technology. I mean, it'll either be like a lot more, uh, yeah, people in their hundreds, or we'll all just be in a computer simulation, or, <laughs> or we'll all realize that we are just in this computer simulation right now. Did did you do you know if if you get anything for becoming one hundred years old in Japan? Ah, uh, because because in England you get a you get a birthday card from the Queen. Oh, really? Yeah, if you reach a hundred. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if there's anything in Japan. They're probably like, so what? <laughs> this, guy's, already. <laughs> this guy's 124 yeah. <laughs> that's a big deal yeah yeah uh, i don't know if they're saying die already <laughs> i'm saying they probably just don't think it's that big of a deal that's what i'm saying <laughs> oh boy <laughs> this one yeah is, is so commonplace that i didn't realize that it might actually be like surprising to people outside of japan but um when you use a restroom in someone's home you may need to put on designated bathroom slippers so as not to contaminate the rest of the home um yeah you have those we have, we have slippers here <laughs> i didn't i don't think we're worried about contamination i think it's just more of like it's kind of like uh good etiquette i guess to have slippers like a lot of people wear slippers around the house because obviously you take your shoes off when you go in the house uh but yeah, so they'll wear slippers around the house and then they'll have even separate, separate slippers for inside in the bathroom. But yeah, and even places like the public gyms, uh, they have special slippers just to go into the bathroom. So, uh, that's one thing you're not allowed to wear your outdoor shoes inside in a lot of uh, public gyms or other places in Japan. Uh, you're, you should have your indoor shoes to go, you know, to go training inside the gym. So you're walking around in slippers, but then when you get to the bathroom, you got to change from those slippers into another pair of slippers, just use the bathroom. I make that mistake quite often. Well, I don't go to the gym that often, but when I do go to the gym, like to lift weights or whatever, um, yeah, like, because you put your indoor shoes on. And so I've tied those up, you know, laced them up, and then you get to the bathroom and then there's some slippers there so it means you have to undo your laces again so normally i actually ignore the slippers and just go straight into the bathroom oh my god <laughs> there it is ben uh not obeying japanese etiquette making us all look actually i I've, i don't do that but there have been many times where i've changed into the bathroom slippers go into the bathroom and then just walk out still wearing the bathroom slippers <laughs> yeah, yeah. and getting somewhere and then finally realizing like I'm wearing a different color slippers and because the they're usually a different color. Yeah. I, I, I do like the idea of having indoor shoes though because um, but then there's some places where they don't have indoor shoes. You just take your shoes off and then you walk around in like, like say slippers or your socks. So for example, like our dojo, um, we take our shoes off at the door and then we just walk around in our socks, which I kind of like because it keeps everything clean because I've been to dojos around the world in England and Philippines and everyone says you have to bring like flip-flops. So you leave your shoes at the door and then you have to wear your flip-flops around the mat. And if you're in a changing room, always have flip-flops or some kind of shoe. Yeah, normally flip-flops. And then as soon as you step onto the mat, you've got to take your flip-flops off. But you can't basically make 
barefoot contact with the ground. Oh wow! Because it's because otherwise you contaminate the mat area. Mm. But whereas in Japan we don't have that problem at all, so the mats are always clean, the gym's always clean, like the floor area, because we don't wear shoes inside. Yeah, I mean, I guess this does kind of make sense, even for the jap, you know, slippers in the bathroom and Japanese in the restroom, because. I mean, you know, flushing the toilet, everyone talks about all the bacteria that goes everywhere. So I think it's definitely possible there could be a lot of bacteria on the floor. But yeah, obviously, uh, if you're coming from overseas, where everyone's like usually even wearing shoes indoors, uh, seeing bathroom slippers and slippers on the home and everything. Can how, be how about surprising. you? Because like, you're half Japanese. And when you were growing up, did you wear shoes in the house? No, we always took our uh, shoes off at the front door. Yeah, yeah we, me we too. We even called there at the game concert. So you did too? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I... Um, that's what Chinese people do as well. We okay. always take our shoes off when we get home. But I'm always surprised to to know that people keep their shoes on at home. Like they put their shoes on the sofa, they're in their bed and they still get their shoes on. And that's always flabbergasted me. Yeah, I mean, I know, yeah, especially getting in the bed, right? Uh, or just laying down on the bed. I, I do remember like some of my uh, non-Asian like friends' homes in the U.S. Like some uh, certain like carpeted rooms, they wouldn't go on. They wouldn't go in with shoes on. Uh, but yeah, other places it was like carpet or even just tiling didn't matter. Just wear your yeah. shoes. Anywhere. Yeah, all because all, yeah. all my friends when they used to come to my house, they were so shocked that they had to take their shoes off. But then they got used to it off the, when they when they came. But they were always, oh, we've got to take our shoes off. Because then when I went around their house, I didn't have to. And I'd yeah. be like, you don't have to take your shoes off. Yeah. But then like one one time, one of my mates came in. I think it might have been the first time he came to my house. And he didn't take his shoes off. And I forgot to tell him. And he had dog crap under oh, his shoe. <laughs> and he walked all the way around my living room, which was carpeted. And the carpet was kind of like reddish dark reddish so it could have it, it was it's hard to notice <laughs> and then my mum came in and was like what's that smell oh man <laughs> and then it and then my friend just like looked under his shoe and it was just dog crap everywhere man and my mum just like hit the roof and the rest of the day me and my mate were just like scrubbing the dog crap from this oh, carpet man yeah. Jeez. man that would have been horrible and yeah so they got it uh Taking off your shoes, like, in Japan, and then even one step further with these bathroom slippers, so. This one, I guess, is not too surprising. Well, it's not surprising for us. But Japanese trains are among the world's most punctual. Their average delay is just 18 seconds. Yeah, which was pretty interesting because there was another article we were looking at for a previous episode saying that actually a lot of the trains in Japan or in Tokyo can be delayed. But to be honest, I've never really ever noticed uh, trains being delayed before. Have you ever? Especially in Sapporo. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, obviously delays happen from the unfortunate event of a suicide or something. A jumper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's actually an interesting one on, on that, leading on to that, about jumpers. If a jumper jumps in front of a train, the family of the deceased will be charged for a disruption fee. Yeah, does that but the, does that fact say if they're not successful or does it say, <laughs> it, say something? <laughs> it does not say. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I guess it would account for both because they've made what well, I mean, if they survive, what is the disruption fee there? Oh, I mean, they, they probably got to shut it down either way. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So calling like the the services in just to check. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's some well, it should be a fine anyway, right? <laughs> or something. You know, the uh, music at the stations, there's that like really soothing music that gets played. 
It's like a, all the JR stations. When you're in in the in the train, and when you're on the platform. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think I know. It's a like at Sapporo Station. It's all, all the stations like outside of the city, and uh, I've been told by foreigners. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's to like help uh, calm people to make them think twice. Ah, somebody needs to check that out. You never heard anything about that? <laughs> no, no. I, right. I, I don't. I guess I don't really notice that song when they play it. And、uh, it is, it is quite soothing. And, is it subways too, or are you just saying、uh, just no? JR? It's, a, it's a, just the JR train stations. Yeah,、mm. uh, I'll fact check, <laughs> fact check that later. See if we need to do it.、Mm. Um, next one on my list that, that I well pulled from his this list. Is that、uh, in Japan, non-smoking areas are often difficult to find in restaurants, including family restaurants. Many of Japan's politicians have an interest in the tobacco industry. Well, this is true. There are many restaurants that are still have、uh, smoking mix with non-smoking, especially bars. But we were talking about、uh, before we started recruit,、uh, recording that in Sapporo, is it Sapporo we were mentioning? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're going to make all. Oh no, that was、uh, all Japan. All Japan. All Japan. They're going to make. Bars and restaurants smoke free, so everyone is going to be smoking outside, like in front of the restaurant, which is kind of rare because Japanese people don't really smoke outdoors. They usually smoke in designated smoking areas、mm. or a smoking room. Whereas, you know, like in England and America, everyone who smokes there they're allowed to smoke outdoors. But usually, well, in England anyway, I think you have to be like a couple of meters away from the the establishment for smoking、oh, really? in England. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to pull this up、uh, on the news, and、uh, this says that it's related、uh, to the Olympics. Actually,、uh, Japan was pushing policies to curb second smoke ahead of the 2020 Olympics. Smoking in high schools, hospitals, administrative buildings would ban starting in July. I think、uh, it's great. It's about time because yeah, there's a lot of places that you can smoke、um, in restaurants, and it's You know, there's no. Some places don't have a no smoking area. A lot of Japanese izakayas. So I sometimes go to restaurants, and the table next to me is like smoking whilst we're eating, which is obviously not very pleasant.、Um, if they don't have a smoking area or a non-smoking area, yeah. So I think it's it's good that they're finally kind of catching up with the rest of the world in terms of their smoking practices. Yeah, this is saying from April, re- large restaurants and workplaces will be required to ban、wow. smoking in principle. Next month, yeah. So、ah. about to kick in. I think that's great. Yeah, 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 for sure. So they're mainly doing it because of the the Olympics. Oh, I think that was、uh, what was driving them to enforce it and take action. Yeah, great.、Um, I have one. So this is、uh, on the same list. In Japan, there are maid cafes where waitresses dressed in maid costumes act as servants and treat customers as masters and mistresses. In a private home, rather than as cafe patrons, so I think a lot of people probably have heard about maid cafes. Have you ever been to one, Burke? I haven't.、Uh, I, to be honest, I don't really see the appeal of it too much. Because I guess it's kind of like an innocent hostess bar or something. Yeah, you know? like, yeah.、Uh, that was kind of interesting because 
coronavirus is going on right now. And there was, there was an article put up about a maid cafe that was like dousing people's hands at the door, but doing it in a very cutesy way. as uh, the maids would, um, but with the disinfectant and stuff. But no, I've never been to one. Have you been to one? I've never been to one, but I had friends, uh, Japanese friends that would actually go quite often. They really liked them for some reason. I couldn't really understand why, but they really liked interacting with the, the maids or the, the waitresses because you can get, photos with them and conversations but you have to pay so usually it's like 500 yen for a photo with a maid but they don't only have maid cafes in japan they have all sorts of cafes there's a there's that they have like pet cafes like cat cafes yeah, yeah so there's one that i went to a cat cafe because my friends were like really into cats but they didn't have a cat as a pet so you can go in you pay about i think it was like 2,500 yen, $25 for 30 minutes of being in there. And then you can buy like pet food or cat food and then feed them so the cats come up to you and you're just hanging out with cats for like 30 minutes. And it's it's quite a lucrative business, I think. And it's not just cats. There's dog cafes, um, rabbit cafes. There's you, you, uh, You've been to a lot of these? I've only like? been to the cat one. It's <laughs> okay, man. You can be honest about it. <laughs> um. I mean, was it crowded? They're usually pretty crowded. There's actually one right around here, yeah. Was it, 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 it was crowded, yeah. But I, I noticed there were just uh, there were just a lot of mainly mainly it's girls. I've noticed it was girls, and they just go there and just hang out. And some of them stay there for a long time. So I remember this cat cafe that I went to. We only stayed for like thirty minutes, and it was like in this shopping mall. And then we came back around as we were going home. So probably like an hour, two hours later. And those girls were still there. They're just sitting there talking together. And they weren't really interacting with the cats either. Mm. They just liked to be in the environment of cats or something. Like it was peaceful or something like that. I wonder if the cats like it, being around all the other cats. I mean, I guess, but... Being um, stroked. <laughs> <laughs> By cute Japanese girls. <laughs> I'd like that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, this one, it's considered inappropriate to blow your nose in public. What do you think? Is this true or not true? Mm, have you done it before? I didn't actually know that, but um, I, I've done it a couple of times. Yeah, I've, I've uh, <laughs> you've, done, <laughs> you've only blown your nose a couple of times in public. Yeah, yeah, just a couple. Only a couple. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? So yeah. usually you like kind of walk away from people. Um. Usually, I don't need to blow my nose. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, really? yeah, I mean, how, I, how many times do you blow your nose a day? I'm I like, have to blow my nose, like, every time I come in from outside. You have to? Yeah, I mean, I got big nostrils, but, <laughs> like, I don't know if that has to do with it. But, yeah, almost every time, well, not, like, during warm months, but during cold months, like, uh, it's just cold air gets in there, you know? Like, every time I come in, I have a slightly... Re- uh, runny, not runny, but it's like, yeah, I should blow my nose. And if I don't, then I'll get like a stuffy nose after that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I get it during the winter, but only when I come home that I notice it. Yeah, but wait, hold on a second. So you're, you're like never blowing your nose? Only when I have a cold or something. What about even like when you go snowboarding, you don't have to blow your nose? 
when I go snowboard, like, like when I'm snowboarding, during like on the mountain. Not like when you're like shredding up, <laughs> but like, I don't know, you get to like. Maybe at the end of it, at the end of the, the, the day, like when I'm coming in from the cold. Yeah. Oh man, so yeah. convenient, man. <laughs> I wish I had that. Like, well, yeah, I've got to blow my, I don't blow my nose all the time or anything, but usually whenever I come in from indoors, yeah. So in public, then you're out, right? So then you probably don't need to. That's, that's for me. So because you're out already, so I only do it when I have to come in from the cold no it's so like anytime i go into a building like from cold so even when i go to work or when i'm like yeah just out in public yeah mm. but i try to like avoid blowing my nose like around people because i've heard this that it's not considerate but i've also seen many japanese people just like going at it and blowing their nose i've seen that too like in the subway yeah, yeah and i guess it's uh yeah you know, like when you see it you, you don't want to be around it but isn't that the same in most countries yeah i guess but yeah but yeah <laughs> I guess so. Japan has 5.52 million vending machines offering anything from soda to sex toys and live crabs. Well, I've never well, seen the get, live you crabs. You can get crabs? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that one, but man, definitely like there are a lot of vending machines in Japan. I've never seen sex toys. I've never seen anything different apart from soda. I think in Sapporo, you don't see too many of the crazy vending machines that you can get down in Tokyo and stuff. Oh, so you've but, seen some crazy ones in Tokyo. Well, I've seen the photos that people put up. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So what, yeah. So what, like, of sex toys, for example? Or, like, yeah, underwear, some crazy ones. I mean, any, do a Google search, come up with a lot of crazy ones. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, but there are, just even without all the strange and crazy ones, there's so many like get yeah, like uh vending machines i mean we got there's vending machines like in the middle of a neighborhood like on the streets yeah right? yeah it's great because i actually yeah there was a situation last weekend where i went drinking and i was with my friend and we we're getting getting a taxi on on the way in the taxi and uh she started to feel a little bit sick so all of a sudden she was like taxi man stop so she jumped out of the taxi and just like puked up like right on the pavement this was like in in the middle of nowhere so there was nothing around there was a uh, there was a combini a convenience store which convenience stores everywhere almost like vending machines and she was like oh, i need a bottle of water can i can you go to that convenience store and get me a bottle of water but the, the convenience store was a good 50 meters away so going there and coming back you know i, I thought oh, is, is, it, is it really worth it but then i turned around and there was a vending machine right behind yeah. me <laughs> like around the corner and it was just hidden away like in this apartment complex so yeah, the the vending machine was there. Got a bottle of water and then uh, gave it to my friend. Oh wow! So yeah, yeah well, in that case, they're pretty convenient. But like yeah. in the uh, office, I guess it's the same way, same way overseas. But usually, like in offices or places where our vending machines will be like two or three lined up selling very similar drinks, but not exactly the same drinks. It is weird, like where some of these vending machines are. Like <laughs> they're literally in the middle of nowhere, like on a street. Yeah, like, or like in, in a, a, in a field or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like in a residential area, just walking down the street and there's like a bright red vending machine. And I remember just like yeah, going to my friend's house and I, I can't find your house. They're like, do you see the vending machine? It's like, I'm right by there. <laughs> <laughs> but then sometimes in that case, it's like, which one? Yeah. <laughs> so many. So, so yeah, 5.52 million vending machines in Japan. Don't, uh, you know, there's no citation, so I'm not sure of the exact number, but basically there are a lot of vending machines in Japan. 
one last one I wanted to check, and I'm actually going to try to look up whether or not this is true or not. But the fortune cookie dates back to the 19th century and was first made in Kyoto, Japan. Have you ever heard of anything about this, Ben? No, I don't think I've even seen a fortune cookie in Japan. Have you? Uh, it's a Chinese, just a Chinese restaurant. Chinese restaurants, and to be honest, like they're the maybe it's just because I haven't had a fortune cookie in so long, but the taste seems to be a little bit disappointing as well. You mean like compared to back at home? Yeah, Uh, I mean they don't taste good anyway, do they? (laughs) Fortune cookies. I mean they kind of like were a good way to finish Chinese meal. If well, like when a Chinese food meal when remember back home, but maybe it's just because now. My palate's got a little bit more sophisticated. Yeah, they definitely don't <laughs> taste that good. Yeah, I, I, well, the Chinese restaurants here, do they? I've never received a fortune cookie from the Chinese restaurants in Japan. Yeah, usually I haven't, but I think just recently I remember getting one. Yeah. yeah. What was your fortune? I was actually pretty good, interestingly enough, but I can't remember what it was. But you know, to speaking of fortunes, one thing that uh, Japanese Japanese people do uh, every year to get their fortune is at the temple. Yep. Have you ever been to the temple to get your, uh, well, do you guys go to the temple at the start of each year? Yeah, so, get the uh, omikuji, yeah. it's called, right? You can get them any time of the year, right? It's not yeah, just yeah. beginning yeah. of the year. We went to our local shrine. It was the first time going to the shrine this year. So I went back in, uh, yeah, I think it was February, February time, got a, one of those omikujis or fortunes, and I got medium. They were like, what, five levels, I think? Yeah. There's also a lot, a lot of palm reading in Japan to get mm. your fortune. Have but you, you done know, that? Have you done that before? Palm reading. I have. And uh, how much did you pay? It was like two thousand yen. It was when I first came to Sapporo and uh, went there with a coworker. To me, they were just saying like, "I have a big forehead," <laughs> <laughs> which means I would be like successful in business. Uh, and I was like, "That's rude," uh, but true. Um, yeah, anyone who's watched our YouTube videos, you know the third member of our podcast is my forehead. <laughs> Not always as big as it is now, but it's definitely gaining in size. I'm going to have to go shave pretty soon. <laughs> I've done it many times before. But anyways, uh, getting back to the point, and I was with the, this female coworker, and they were just basically saying to her that she should be at home making babies and stuff. <laughs> I was like, this is just like... Hey, you're talking about my forehead, and now you're just talking about she needs to go home and have babies. So we, we couldn't uh, read too much into it. But. So this fortune teller, was it just some random one on the street? It was one of the, the sit on the street, yeah. You'll see them sitting on the street. Sometimes they're like in, uh, in the station or near the station, but uh, yeah. And what, what made you decide to get your fortune oh she wanted to go and she was married and we were just going together because it was after work but it was when we were working at conversation schools at a conversation school and you finish like at 9 p.m you finish work so we weren't you know we were going to see this fortune teller after work so it was already like 9 30 because it takes a little time to get out of work so she and uh she asked if my coworker was married and she said yes so from there, she was just probably like assuming that this like married woman was out running around with like a foreign <laughs> kid or something, you know. So she's like, "You should be home, like having babies right away." You know? So I heard those fortune tellers are scams. Oh, I'm sure they are. I yeah. mean, you can't you can't believe what they're saying. What <laughs> so, did you hear? Well, one of my friends, she went to one, so she was going through a difficult time, I guess, like a uh, long time ago. I think she just. Uh, like broke up with her boyfriend at the time 
she was young. She didn't know what she wanted in life. And then, yeah, she just saw this fortune teller on the street and went over and, uh, and just decided to get a fortune told. And at first, the fortune teller kind of, you know, the way they rope you in, they kind of try to guess predictions about yourself. They say, you know, they say stuff like, oh, you've recently had some kind of trouble. And it's like, oh, wow, she knows. I've recently had a trouble, you know. Or, or when you were young, you were traumatized by something, you know. And it's like, that's pretty much everyone. Yeah, who hasn't been? Yeah. So then they, then they get you in like that. And then, um, and then they start saying, oh, if you, if you, give me this money and you buy this seal, your fortune will get better. But if you pay for this 500 yen seal or 500,000 yen seal, your luck will get even better. Right. Will improve. Of course. Yeah. So she thought about it and she thought for like, oh, can, can I, you know, can I come back? I need to think about it. And then she, this was on the way to meeting her friends for like a, a night out. So then she met her friends, told her about this fortune. And they're like, no, it's a scam. Don't do that. Uh. Um, and then she went back. I don't know why she went back, but maybe she was passing it on the way home. And the fortune teller was gone. So it's like they, all they need to do is make that one sale. Uh. Because if the person comes back and like demands their money, maybe they have to give it. So I think once they made that sale, they move on to another location. So they can't get a refund. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. So be careful when approaching uh, fortune tellers and they want you to upgrade to get a better fortune. Geisha means person of the arts and the first geisha were actually men. Really? Yeah. Interesting facts. Don't know if it's true or not. (laughs) (laughs) This is... uh, This is... uh, Geisha serving other men? Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh. Well, actually, it doesn't really say so much, but it just says, yeah, the first geisha were actually men. So I'm assuming they were serving men. <laughs> or it could have been, maybe they were serving women. Voices in Japan podcast, spreading the unfound claims about Japan. <laughs> yeah, please double check yeah. our facts. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we will double check that. We'll double but check. that would be a fun fact if that was true. Have you ever seen a geisha before in person? Just in uh, Kyoto, but I've never like uh, sat down and had a session with the geisha or anything. How about you? No, I haven't. And I'm not even sure if that is still a common practice. Is it still... like Do people still... Uh, hire geisha in in Kyoto for for entertainment purposes. As far as I know, it still does happen, but uh, yeah, I don't know if it's as common as it used to be. But mm. uh, I I do know this. I think I saw something about it. They still are getting hired. Yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> Another thing we gotta <laughs> we gotta confirm. Sorry. <laughs> I did see one last one. Maybe I could mention. Yep. Please do. Is about uh, sushi used to be eaten as a street food. Which would kind of explain perhaps this uh, untrue image that uh, sushi is always eaten uh, by Japanese people all the time. Maybe back in the day it actually was. That's uh, another thing that we can look up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one which I think is uh, is true because I remember hearing this when I was in geography class at school. Maybe that one of the only things I actually remember from school <laughs> is... Uh, the population is 98% ethnic Japanese. Because I remember hearing this, I think I was like 14 years old in geography class, and it was in a textbook. And the textbook said that uh, 98% of the people in Japan are Japanese. And I just thought that was a ridiculous statement. Of course, 
they're Japanese, 90%. But then I, you know, at that point, I didn't realize about immigration and foreigners, you know, even though my family immigrated to England as well. <laughs> and there's loads of Chinese people in my hometown. <laughs> so my, my teacher was like, yeah, you know, think about it. 98% is a bit, it's a bit high, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. It is very high. So, and now after being here, do you agree? You see? Yeah. I see it. I see it. So uh, thank you, Mrs. Blackhouse, for pointing that out to me. Um, yeah. I didn't learn much from school, but that was that was definitely something I remember. Stuck with you all these years, yeah. and now you're living in that country. Maybe she was the planted the seed. Planted the seed <laughs> at 14 years old. So one day, I'm going to find out if that's true or not. <laughs> I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> so I think that uh, might be about all the time we have today. I think so. I think so. We, we didn't cover all these 40 fun facts, but I think we covered a lot that were very interesting to us anyway. yeah we'll put a link to that uh, so that people can check it out for themselves right and, uh, and in the meantime we will be verifying all the ones that we uh, <laughs> mentioned on here that we weren't too sure about <laughs> ourselves but uh well go ahead and verify them yourselves and then you know call us out on our on our social media pages facebook yeah. let instagram us let us know let, let us, us know, know. Uh, yeah, and uh, please do continue checking us out on social media. Also, uh, yeah, please give a donation to the show to help us out, pay for some of these hosting costs that we have and other expenses, uh, meeting up and doing what we got to do. And uh, yeah, and as always, thank you for listening to the show. Give us a good review and rating on uh, Apple Podcasts. Help spread the word about the podcast. And if you would ever be interested perhaps being a guest long distance guest on the podcast this is something we're considering and looking into because uh, a lot of people that are uh, you know being very faithful uh, fans of the show uh, yeah if you would like or even if you're in Japan uh, but not necessarily up here in Sapporo interested in possibly being on the podcast let us know yeah do like a Skype uh, interview or guess people doing um, FaceTime yeah how to do that <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out <laughs> all sorts of possibilities we use definitely a skype session uh but uh yeah something that's uh we're getting more and more interested in trying out so looking for some participants thanks everyone bye-bye <laughs>